I really want to thank Miro, one of the most useful tools. They sponsor this podcast. They are my go-to resource when it comes to working remotely and collaborating. They're also great for an office, but let me paint a picture for you. Everyone here is working from home in some capacity. Either we have peers that work from home, maybe we're part in the office, part out. Collaboration can be chaotic. Miro is the ultimate digital whiteboard and visual collaboration platform. You could be a remote team, you could be a creative agency, you could be a solopreneur. Miro allows you to brainstorm, plan, and execute seamlessly. Picture this, you're in a virtual meeting mapping out a huge project with Miro. You can drag and drop sticky notes, sketch wireframes, organize ideas all in real time. You collaborate with your team no matter where they are. This is a game changer. If you are ready to transform your workflow, you have to try Miro today. To show you how powerful it is, I created my own Miro board that you can check out at Miro.com slash success pod. It has a ton of resources for entrepreneurs, but it will also show you all the functionality of Miro. So go to Miro.com or go to Miro.com slash success pod for a ton of resources. Try Miro today. It's going to radically change how you collaborate with your team. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration. And Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to Success Story. I'm your host, Scott Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot podcast network. HubSpot has been a huge supporter of the show. They have so many tools that can help your business. The one that I want to just mention today, so you go check it out, is their new AI chatbot. It's called Campaign Assistant. HubSpot's Campaign Assistant is a game changer for creating marketing campaigns at scale. It turns your key selling points into a cohesive pitch, which helps you deliver knockout emails, ads, and landing pages in minutes. Just choose your content type, input a few keywords, key points, pick a tone like friendly or witty, and let the AI robots handle the rest. You can copy and paste the content to whatever channel you'd like, or even convert it directly into publishable campaigns without leaving your HubSpot interface. So let Campaign Assistant take care of the campaigns so you can get back to growing your business. Work smarter, not harder at HubSpot.com slash campaign dash assistant. Well, Scott, excited to be here. And uh, man, I think when I think about my entrepreneurial journey, I would say it really began uh, in in college where I was waiting tables at a restaurant. And I was like, man, I, I don't want to just work a normal job. I want to own a restaurant someday. And I'm going to have a BMW by the time I'm 30 and make $100,000 a year by the time I'm 30. And sure enough, I did all those things, um, except I got an Audi instead of a BMW. But uh, I like my Audi pretty pretty great, but 
man, uh, I, I think I knew I was meant to uh, create my own path at the end of the day. I remember um, being in the mortgage business and just hating going to the office and hating being directed by a manager. <laughs> Um, so the, the, uh, some of us, we know pretty early on, I think. Um, it's funny. I, I actually, I thought about getting into mortgages at one point cause I'm, I'm originally from Toronto and like everybody and their mother is like either a real estate agent or a mortgage broker. And it's, that's actually a very entrepreneurial career as well, right? It's not like that's not entrepreneurial. You eat what you kill with that business. So anyway, so you're doing mortgages. Where did you, where did you go from there? Where did you want to start helping people working with other entrepreneurs, helping them build their businesses, all the things that you're currently like working in now? How did that evolve over time? Yeah. So I was selling real estate and investing in real estate, building my own little real estate empire. And that's where I went after the mortgage uh, career as I joined, you know, just started creating uh, wealth through real estate and I remember doing positive affirmations or incantations, as Tony Robbins called them, through Tony Robbins' Personal Power 2. And I did, did them for the first time. I remember writing down the seventh one. And it said, I mentor and lead some of the brightest and best people in the world. I knew that I was meant to do that. But at the time, I was just investing in real estate, building my own little real estate empire, selling a little bit of real estate and uh, but I was like, I'm supposed to do this at some point. Um, I didn't know how I would, I would get there. But sure enough, four or five years later, um, I had started at that point five or six different businesses. And I was doing like 30 million a year in my businesses. And I felt like I, I was called to start mentor, mentoring because I had people reaching out to me every week saying, Mike, can I get 30 minutes? Mike, can we grab coffee? Can we grab lunch? Can we do this? And um, I was spending like half my time mentoring people pro bono. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just so you just dove into you dove into real estate. You started building other businesses. Obviously, probably a lot of lessons learned there that you could teach over to other entrepreneurs. Um, what do you think when you when to to sum up what you do in in a sentence? Like, what do you think the value is that you bring to entrepreneurs that when you go into a conversation? They are looking to solve X and you bring Y to the table. So the next conversation after our podcast interview is with a uh, former Ivy League graduate that is looking for a career change. And what I end up doing more often than not is I help entrepreneurs and high achievers step away from the lanes that they suck and step into the lanes that they're an absolute genius by getting the greatest clarity they've ever had about who they are, what on earth they're meant to do, and how to monetize their genius, their brilliance, and their passion. That's why what do I you do. Th why do you think that uh, so many people, So for, and I always sort of bring it back to like, let's, let's pull out lessons from your own journey. You figured this out. You were self-aware enough to know what you liked to do and what you weren't, you know, you didn't love doing and you just pursued passions and you failed and you tried and you succeeded and whatever. That's that's great. But why do you think so many people have an issue figuring out what makes them happy, what they're a genius at, what they should be, what they're you know put on earth, uh, put on earth to do um, when they just they, they can't see it for themselves and they just end up sticking in a job their whole career. Not that's a bad thing or maybe a job they hate or they end up being an entrepreneur and building a job that they also hate because they accidentally did that as an entrepreneur and they, they aren't living their best life. Yeah, so two things come to mind. First, imposter syndrome 
sneaks its ugly face in, and so we all doubt our genius. We all doubt our gifting or calling at some point. And then secondly, when we're on the inside of a bottle, it's hard to read the label. So that's why we need coaches. That's why we need people that are smart, thoughtful, and supportive of our dreams and vision to give us feedback. Um, so I've found, hey, man, most most of the clues for your genius are, are also littered about your life. They're all over, and they're mainly in four main quadrants. But no one's organized and synthesized them so that you can interpret and understand the data. Understand. And, okay, that makes sense. Along. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what you do. That's what you do. So okay. So this is this is what I want to do for this show. I want to first of all, I I even mentioned we were chatting before. Like one of the shows you did with uh, JLD Entrepreneurs on Fire. It was titled Four Lessons from Losing One Million Dollars." So first, I want to understand how did you lose one million dollars? Tell me that story. Then I want to understand those four lessons, and then I want to go into those. Uh, the, I think those four traits. I think you mentioned four traits that are core to finding out how you can basically be live being your, I think you call it the zone of genius is the yeah. best way to put it. That's, that's what you speak about when you do podcasts or in your book as well. So um, let's, let's go through that story because I think that story is interesting and that's going to bring out a lot of um, perspective for people that now understand how you can help people through losing a million bucks. You probably learn a thing or two. So <laughs> I definitely learn a thing or two. Um, well, first my genius what what my gifting was also has a shadow side, right? Okay. All of our all of us when we have a genius, are we have a drawback of that genius. So what am I really freaking great at? Uh, if I go through the wealth dynamics, I'm a creator. Like so, uh, I'll give you a little backdrop. Uh, four key quadrants that indicate clues about your genius. First, your unique talents. I have people go through five different personality tests. Second, your key relationships. The relationships of the people that bring you life. Versus the people that bring you death, the 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 hotbeds, the clusters of relationships that you naturally have. You know, it's not an accident that I have all these relationships in the entrepreneurial and author space. Um, like I looked at my life pathway, and I was like, why do I have all these best-selling authors as friends, and I haven't written a single book yet? Uh, that was a clue. Third thing, your defining life moments. Those moments where. Uh, things went really wrong. Those moments where you had whispers in your soul, whispers of like, oh, you felt alive, you felt connected, you felt inspired. And then the fourth thing, your values and passions. So there's clues in those four main quadrants. So rewind. Uh, my genius, I'm really great at galvanizing momentum, driving progress, growing things, getting things off the ground. I'm a high risk taker. I can I can improvise and think on my feet pretty quick and move fast. Um, drawbacks, I'm not so good at managing details and operations and the legal administrative side. So when, as a business grows in scale and complexity, if I don't have the right operating partners, I'm going to suffer. And I did, right? And, and I thought I had the right operating partners at different points. At the end, I really didn't. And that was a handcuff for me. And if I stay, you know, all of us can play out of position for a bit. I can go over here and do my accounting for a little bit. I can go over here and, uh, you know, if you look at athletes, athletes can play out a position for a little bit. Dennis Rodman, 
can, you know, when he was with the Bulls, he could play. Uh, and he'd go down low and score if he needed to, but he wasn't really good at it. And you wouldn't want him down there long term. Um, uh, so if you play out of position too long, you, you just get frustrated and unhappy. Uh, when when you, the science actually shows that when you're playing to your strengths, your tendency to step into this this psychological concept called flow, it actually more than doubles. So if I'm in my strengths, I'm more likely to step into flow. If I step into flow, that's where work becomes play. That's where I'm just unconsciously great. So I did all these things. Then I grew these businesses, but they got beyond my ability to manage. And I didn't have the right managing partners in place. And then that's when the, the, the cracks started forming. One by one by one, one business falls, uh, cracks started forming. This cash cow business, my ca real estate business was my cash cow. I was working 55 to 10 hours a week in that business, making a nice multiple six figures in profit. Boom, that, that falls apart. It had domino effects in my other baby businesses. Some of those businesses were baby businesses. And, um, and I really, then I had a real estate investment go bad. My first and only one that went bad out of like a dozen, but it went really bad. Like it cost me $250,000 and then I lost like a couple hundred grand in my agency, a couple hundred thousand dollars in my men's clothing line, all, all combined. Um, I just, I went through a season where seven out of 10 things didn't work when I was used to six out of 10 things working. And you think that this is because you were not at the time aware of what that unique talent was in your life. And you tried to play outside your comfort. You tried to play outside that zone. It didn't work out. You didn't have the right operational partners. So going forward, this is, this is obviously what we have to solve for, right? Like this is one of the things yeah. that we have to solve for. Um, and, and uh, extrapolating on that point, Okay, so we we know that it's important to figure out like your unique talents so that you know what you're good at, you know what you're not good at. But how do you effectively find those people to backfill and, and to take over the things that you're not good at? Because you thought you were setting yourself up, but obvi obviously it didn't, didn't work out so well. So yeah. how do you find those A players that you could um, ha really help you? Yeah, so now in my hiring process, like I think I've got one of the best recruiting processes of a players uh, I've ever seen. And I, you know, our mutual friend Natasha, you know, was asking, Hey, Mike, how do you attract these, these a players? Your team is in sync. I love your team. Um, and I'm grateful for my team. Um, but I also am very intentional about creating space for them to play to their genius. And because of that, they're more fulfilled. They're more alive. They're more excited about their brand and their, or about what we're doing. And so I start from the beginning. I, I intentionally designed the job ad to speak to the strengths I need in that role. So if I'm writing, for example, a job ad for someone that's really detail oriented and really administratively gifted, um, because I'm not so administratively gifted, then I need to have the language and have the thought patterns and even look at the some of the personality tests. And what, what will indicate that they are gifted in this way. Um, and, and then give them a little micro test. I give micro tests typically before I hire someone to see how good they are at that. And do they actually follow through? Are they men or women of their word? Do they show up on time? They complete things on time. And, um, and, and then also 
Like when I have, it's almost like I have, it's almost like I'm in the special forces and I have those seeing night goggles where I can see things that others can't see because I can see patterns. I can see people's strengths, especially once I know certain data uh, details. Now it's almost like patterns pop like popcorn for me. And so as I'm building this next chapter of my entrepreneurial career, man, uh, I'm like I'm building my next what I think will be a uh, hundred million dollar plus business, and I'm looking at the team and making sure I got the A players. You know, A players they need to be led, not managed, and and you, they'll show their colors if you know how to evaluate and test. And I I bat about seventy percent. And then when I help others, you know, optimize their hiring process and both, you know, the first thing is figure out who, what your genius is as the business owner mm -hmm. and then design the business, design the people you bring on around your strengths and weaknesses. Um, after you, uh, and I want to go through like sort of each of these four key areas, cause I think they're all, they all have merit to just to sort of like dive a little bit deeper into them. So you've established your A players, you have a process, a test, you let them, you know, you, you lead them, you don't manage them. You give them a little bit of uh, control over how they're going to execute. And that's sort of how you get the best out of them. Um, actually a lot of control generally a lot of control. So you're, you're really, this is why it's so important to figure out the process um, when you're bringing people in, because once they're in, then you let them like do their best work on their yeah. own. Um, the second, the second component, if you want to add more, that's fine. But the second component I wanted to touch on is key relationships. So how do you build these key relationships? How do you foster these key relationships? How do you, uh, what is the, what is the point of having these relationships in respect to zone of genius? Is it a mentor relationship? Is it a business relationship, peer relationship that, that they're going to open doors for you and get you in front of the right people? What does, what do you mean by key relationships? So there's a lot of different things um, that it can mean. So uh, in fact, tomorrow I'm teaching a workshop and I'm going to be doing monthly workshops on the dream 100. Um, and I've bought the domain dream 100 list.com. You, have you heard of a uh, dream 100 list from like Chet Holmes and Russell Brunson? Yeah, I have. Yeah. 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 So, so you think of uh, a couple things in key relationships. Um, first, who brings you life versus who brings you death? Second, where do I already have a natural, like just unusual amount of relationships? Like I, I'm friends with the author that sold more books than anyone else in the world history, Mark Victor Hansen. So I'm friends with that guy, right? I'm friends with 30 other best-selling authors that have, uh, you know, sold millions of copies of books that, how do I get friends with these guys? I didn't even have a book out. I have one book out now. Um, so like, that's a little weird. And I love being around those guys more than I love being around the guys uh, in the real estate industry. Mm -hmm. I was in, I was driven. I felt uh, I lit up. I felt inspired by being around the, those types of people. So that was a clue. And then if I look at the next layer strategically, how do I build great key relationships? All right, where do I want to go? I, I know where I want to go. I want to establish myself as America's top entrepreneur mentor. But before that, I want to establish myself as America's number one expert at helping high achievers find their deepest area of genius. So now I'm looking at, all right, who influences who already has an audience of my ideal 4% client, the people that I most want to reach? Oh, 
Russell Brunson, John Lee Dumas, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We go through the Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, uh, Craig Ballantyne. I just got booked for his podcast today. So you like you, you go through that. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite. Now, as a business owner, I always remember when my company hits a growth spurt. It's great, but then you realize that things start to break. Things are taking three times as long. Manual processes start to bury your team in paperwork and admin. And you really don't have one reliable source of data or truth to understand how healthy your business is. If this sounds familiar, you have to know three numbers. 37,000, that's how many businesses have upgraded to NetSuite, the number one cloud financial system. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years streamlining accounting, inventory, HR, and more for growing companies. And one, because your business truly is one of a kind, NetSuite gives you customized solutions so you can manage everything about your business in one place, from inventory to invoicing, one powerfully efficient system. I love having all of my data in one spot. NetSuite allows me to do that. It gives me the big picture so I can make smarter decisions. And they turn complex financials into understandable actionable insights. Right now you can get NetSuite's popular KPI checklist for free to help improve your business. It's designed to help you boost performance across key areas of your business. Go to netsuite.com slash Clary to download the checklist and see how one complete system can transform your growth. That's netsuite.com slash Clary. Get more control in your business with NetSuite. I want to thank Belay for sponsoring today's episode. They provide solutions that all of us need. They help us get back more of our time because time is the most precious resource. A lot of you listening are business leaders, entrepreneurs. You know that if you spend your time incorrectly, it can make or break your business, your personal, professional relationships. It can completely sidetrack you and stop you from reaching your goals. So I'm going to ask you, are you protecting your time? How much of your day is eaten up by tasks that could have been done by someone else? Wouldn't you rather spend your time on things that truly matter? The answer should be yes, because you have to to move the needle on whatever it is you're trying to build. That's where Belay comes in. They are the nation's largest pool of exceptional U.S.-based talent. Belay offers flexible staffing solutions to free you up. Need a virtual assistant to conquer those pesky administrative tasks or maybe an accounting professional to really keep your finances in order? Belay can help with all that and way more. Their personalized matching process saves you the headache of hiring by finding the perfect match for your needs in as little as a week. Focus on what matters the most with the help from Belay. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to learn more and get started. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. 
card, it's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. That list of like, oh, these are the people that I really want to be around. And and they serve, they already have an audience of hundreds of thousands or millions of emails, subscribers. And then now I'm going to build that relationship with those people on my Dream 100. And then, so that's actually, I wanted to just... I wanted to just reiterate a point you made. So it's there's a lot of of tactical things that these these relationships these these Dream 100 will give you in in your aspirations wherever you want to take your business or otherwise. But I think that the one thing that you mentioned that is uh, potentially I don't want it to be overlooked is that they give you energy. These are the people yeah. that give you energy. That is like so undervalued. It's I think it's that's so important because you said like listen, being in a room full of uh you know multi-million and potentially billion dollar real estate developers is not a bad room to be in by any means. Mm -hmm. They're going to get you in a lot of doors. They're going to get you, they're going to make you probably very successful if you build that network out. But if it's not giving you energy, it doesn't matter. It's not, it's not what you're meant to do. And that's actually very, very telling. That's something that I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people should take into account when they start to look for the next thing, the next job, whatever. Is it giving you energy or is it like, it feels like a weight on you. And if it feels like a weight, that's not it. Yeah, that your body doesn't lie, you know, and think of why, why does the FBI do a lie detector test on your body, not on your words? You can, you can lie through your mouth all day. It's only 7% of communication, but lying through your body, it's really freaking hard. Your body will tell you who you want to spend time with. And uh, anyway, so yeah, the, there's clues right there that, that also it points you to your destiny, points you to your calling, points you to your purpose, points you even to your p- pathway to profit. Might not, it's not going to be a smooth ride to get to your full pathway to profit, but it's there. Um, the next point, defining life experiences. How do you know which life experiences you should place value on? And the reason I, so when I think about this point, what I think about is, I had a a negative experience, I learned from it, or I have a negative experience, and now I never want to experience that again. Are there certain life experiences that um, can can benefit or are some just like net net negative? When you when you say defining life experiences that can contribute to your success? What do you what do you want people to look for? Great question, Scott. Uh, I see why you're such a good interviewer. Um, So (laughs) I just ask things that I think of, like that I I would find interesting. I just want to like you know double down and and pull it out because defining life experiences could mean so many things. And there's sometimes when I see a negative life experience that technically could be a positive because it's taught you something that can contribute to your success in the future, and mm-hmm. you wouldn't have had that perspective if you didn't have that negative experience. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So I I don't think any experiences in life are wasted. Napoleon Hill is famous for saying behind the every setback is the seed of an equal or greater opportunity. So if I look, 
you know, losing a million dollars. I'm like, all right, well, that's going to set the stage for me to make 10 million or make a hundred million because of the life lessons I learned from that. And I, but the thing that we have to do with hard life experiences and not every life experience is hard, but, um, is, is look at a seed. When you think of that quote, what do you have to do with a seed? Let's say I've got a walnut. I have to crack that seed open. I have to bury that seed in the ground. I have to give it water and sunlight and fertilizer and good soil and make sure that's not choked out by weeds. So you have to apply a lot of intentionality with the seeds of your failures, with the seeds of your mistakes, with the seeds of your setbacks. Most people think, oh, it's just going to automatically come to me. No, you have to heal. You have to reflect. You have to ask questions. What did I screw up in? What opportunities does this present? What, uh, what valuable lessons does it give? One of my favorite stories, Thomas Watson Sr. In the middle of the Great Depression, founder of IBM, this, this senior sales executive comes to him. And they, he had just lost a million-dollar deal for IBM, which is a lot of money in the middle in 1933, I think it was. And, and uh, he, he comes and hands in his resignation to Thomas Watson Sr. And Tom says, son, I'm not letting you resign. And he's like, what? He's like, I just paid a million dollars for your education. Get back out there. He didn't want uh, Why? He's already lost the money. Yeah. Why did you learn something want... out of this? <laughs> You're yeah. never going to do it again. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know what? Versus he would go to another company and use that education for that other company's benefit. So that's the first thing. And then if I look at defining life experiences, Theodore Roosevelt, one of my favorite examples. All right. So he he's born with asthma. You know this story? So he's born with asthma. I don't, I don't know this do? story. No, I knew the last yeah. story. I didn't know this story, though. Yeah. So he, he's born with asthma and he's like, you know what? I don't want to be a weakling. His, his dad, his family used to think he was going to be a weakling. And, it was, and this is before they had advanced treatments. You know, it's like 1800s, late 1800s. And he decides, hey, I'm not going to let this hold me back. He starts training outdoors, like weightlifting, working out before they had real weights. You know, and he's lifting bricks or whatever he's lifting and uh, riding horses. You know, that was uh, a big workout. And he built, he overcame asthma through that. Then eventually, and that also fell, helped him fall in love with the outdoors and with woods and hunting. All right. Then, 22 years old, his wife dies after giving birth to their first daughter. 24 hours later, his mom dies in the same house. So he's distraught, just forlorn, right? And he do, he's incapable of raising an, an infant daughter when he's suffering with such deep grief. So he hands off his daughter to his aunt and goes out to South Dakota and North Dakota and lives in the wilderness, retreats into his place of solace for like six months, hunts, lives, you know, with the settlers and different things and lives with nature, um, kills animal after animal. He was a great hunter. And all right, let's rewind. Comes back to New York is in a much better mind space, cleared in his head, eventually runs for office again, eventually becomes police chief of New York City, cleans up the corruption because he had saw his dad was a big proponent against corruption in the New York City, uh, in New York in general, um, and fought against corruption. So that seed was planted. And then eventually, obviously, he gets elected or becomes president when the president uh, that he was elected with, he was vice president, 
the president he was with dies. I forgot the name of the president that died. Um, and then he was elected for a second term. While he was in office, guess, guess what he does? He preserves more national parks, more of America's greatest nature parks than any other president or really all the rest of the presidents combined. Secondly, um, he also uh, sets up our anti-monopoly laws. He had enough courage and gumption to take on federal, you know, Standard Oil, U.S. Steel, break up these massive companies that would make some of the monopolies of today look like you know peanuts. Mm-hmm. And he breaks them up. He takes them on. He takes on anti-corruption because he had had practice. His life experiences pointed to both of those things. Amazing. I never knew that story. So that is, and and I don't know if you can say with 100% certainty he did that purposefully, but it is an incredible example of how your life experiences, especially if you're very self-aware of your life experiences and, and understanding what these life experiences can add on to your personality and your and your proficiency like just being aware of that is just huge so i don't know if he was or not but it shows you what you can do if if you do sort of take these and 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 let them build onto who you are as a professional and a person and let them yeah even if negative like there there there's always a positive out of it Hundred percent, and and the thing is, we can all connect. You know, Steve Jobs said, "You you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can connect the yeah. dots looking backwards." But if I connect the dots, if I do a better job than most at connecting the dots looking backwards, I'm actually going to see some of the future dots. Mm-hmm. I may not see. I'm not going to see all the dots, but that all those like if I look at my life. I loved reading growing up. I loved one of my inspirational figures is a guy named Peter Drucker. He wrote. 38 books up until the time he was like 98 and then passed away. So I have him as an inspirational figure of like writing great business books. So I want to be like Peter. I want to, um, uh, if I look at my passions for business, certain things around sustainability, those were clues that my mom infused in my value set. Um, How I lead people. My dad was always very, strong and emphasizing respecting others and creating space for others and being kind and thoughtful. So now I do that as a boss and as a leader. A quick break from this podcast to recommend another podcast that you have to check out. It's called The Product Boss. It's hosted by Jacqueline and Mina. It's part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. If you have a physical product, this podcast is hyper-tailored to you. It's going to help you take your business to the next level. In a recent episode, for example, they spoke about the power of TikTok for product businesses and how to use it to drive sales. And as somebody who is a little new to TikTok, I really learned some great tips for creating content that actually converts viewers into customers. They have a workshop style format that makes it really easy to follow along to take your business to the next level. So if you sell physical products, subscribe to The Product Boss wherever you get your podcast to unlock social media, marketing, and business strategies that create your dream business and then your dream life. That sort of dovetails quite nicely into the fourth point, which is values and passions. So is values mm-hmm. and passions just being self-aware enough to understand how your talents, your relationships, your life experiences all have such a, an impact on who you are and then living those and 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 championing those and evangelizing those values and passions and and literally every interaction you have and everything you do and every business you start like what is what is values and passions 
Yeah, so it's a couple things. The value side, if you look at, hey, what do I stand for? What do I stand against? Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't, I, I've made the mistake before of having potential partners, business partners that I was exploring that were a little more ego driven. And, you know, I have a healthy ego, but I'm not ego as in dominate Mike is, you know, my poop doesn't stink type deal. Mm-hmm. And um, I want humility. I want devotion, devotion to, to the greater good. I want contribution, uh, innovation. Um, uh, that I believe business exists first to serve the world and make it a better place. But profit is necessary, but secondary for sustainability. So... That's one of our values um, that it also culturally customer client experience. We want to thoughtfully anticipate our clients potential challenges. And um, uh, so then I, I will stand against things that are like selfish ego, just purely ego driven. Um, and I'll stand for some of these things of human potential, like one of our core elements of our mission is unleash human potential. Um, and so everything I do is oriented towards that in some way. So that becomes a filter. Your values become a filter of like, who do you let in? Who do you let out? Who do you protect yourself from? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the passions are like, Hey, what am I insatiably curious about? What could I study all day long? What, who could I spend time with more and more? Like who am I not going to get bored being around? Like I used to think, uh, I don't, I don't want to be around bankers. I don't want to be, for the most part, I don't want to be around lawyers and real estate investors. You know, I like real estate. If if you're a real estate investor, but you have something else, then 100%, I'm game. But I have four or five friends that have 100 million dollar real estate portfolios. I'd rather go spend time with a best selling author friend. Interesting. Yeah. So that it's all about, again, it comes back to like also what gives you energy. So all these, yeah. all these areas, they, they, like, these are not mutually exclusive. They, they mm-hmm. all basically create just a really healthy, strong persona that you are self-aware of that you can sort of take into. And that sort of brings me to my next question. How do you, how do you build a business knowing your zone of genius that is built on these four key areas? Because that must well, be the best. Uh, that's the, that's it, why they hire you, right? <laughs> it is, it is. You're right, and and and. But it also, look look at people who do extraordinary things. What's in common with them? They put themselves in extraordinarily right positions. Are mm-hmm. Are you a sports fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends which sport, though. Like I'm more mm-hmm. hockey than. Uh, than football, then, but I I, yeah. I don't mind the Steelers. They're okay. They haven't won my hockey team. Well, none of my hockey teams have won in a long time because I'm Canadian, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, you guys have had a suffering yeah. route, but um, but the Toronto Raptors. You mentioned yeah. earlier from Toronto, right? Yeah. Well, a few years ago, they won the NBA championship. So how did they win the NBA championship? Kawhi Leonard. Uh, he was in the right position, right time. Warriors get injured. Uh, Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant go down. Yeah. They're hobbled. Uh, extraordinary results come from people putting themselves in extraordinarily right opportunities. With uh, so, if you look in business, Richard Branson hits the timing right. Amazon hits the timing right with riding the wave of the internet. They were the you know they wanted to be. They just wanted to sell books initially. Now Bezos had a bigger vision. But we've at the time, people were afraid of buying things on the online. 
when Amazon started. Now we're like, ah, no big deal. Buy whatever you want online. Mm-hmm. So you have to think, am I riding the right wave? Some of us have been riding. I realized I was riding some waves that were dying. Like I was in a socially minded car dealership. That was a dinosaur industry. If you look at the diffusion of innovations, what is it a laggard business? Is it a you know, late majority? Is it about to go out of business? Or the industry is about to be majorly disrupted. Do I want to be a dis? Do I want to be the disrupted, or do I want to be the disruptor? So now, you know, part of the reason I'm in the thought leader space. Hey, that's a, a early stage uh, venture still, and there's a lot of innovation, a lot of opportunities within that. Um, uh, biohacking. I'm launching a new biohacking venture because that industry is going to go from a 12 billion dollar industry to a $54 billion industry from 2019 to 2027. So I'm jumping into that space and I'm doing it in a way that I'm aligned with my genius. I get to create, I get to architect the business and I get to put people in their zones of genius and attract people that I'm attracting a dream team. I know I'm not a great operating partner. So this time I'm not freaking starting the business without a great operating partner. (laughs) No, you, so you, I, I love this. So what the last thing I wanted to touch on, and I think it's just interesting because you mentioned, you mentioned a good point. Like, so, you know, what your zone of genius is, you, you want to be, you know, like you have certain industries that you can disrupt so that you're, you're not, you don't want you want to be disrupted, not disrupted. Um, and that's sort of where you position yourself. One thing that you've spoke about before is a $10,000 per hour activity. So my mm-hmm. question, I think that's an interesting point because just even like just saying it just sounds like uh, funny, just like a, a funny sentence. So somebody who wants to somebody who wants to start um, a non service based business, because I can understand as a coach, if you want to be a coach, this makes a lot of sense. You're trying to up your billables and you have to create more value. And these are and there's things you can do to up your value when you position yourself to your customers. But this is more like a mindset I find than just like a truly $10,000 per hour activity. So what does that actually mean for somebody who is somebody who wants to start a dog walking business, somebody who wants to start a software, a SaaS business? What does that actually mean? And how do you find that? So most of us come from a middle class mindset. What's a middle class mindset? Hey, if you want a job done right, do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? That's that's middle class mindset. Billionaire mindset. If you want a job done right, what do you what's a billionaire do, Scott? Pay someone else to do it. <laughs> find the yeah. best find the best person to do it for you. Yeah. Exactly. Find the best person to do it for you. Because the billionaire knows that what the biggest amount of value that he creates is smart decisions, mm-hmm. strategic decisions. Bezos, Jeff Bezos, I, I listen to this great podcast series uh, about Amazon versus Walmart. And on it, it said, um, said that Bezos has one goal every day, to make two smart strategic decisions. So that's his goal. He's not trying to do things. He's trying to decide things. So $10,000 per hour activities. They are not the doing of things. Even the very best attorneys in the world maybe get $500 to $1,000 an hour for billable hours. Mm-hmm. So your, your income is capped there. It, me, when I was in real estate, I calculated that my average hour, if I was setting up the deal, 
and would spend one hour with a potential client, get them on board as a client, hand them off to one of my junior agents to, to work with them and close the deal, that was a $5,000 an hour activity is what I would average. But that's still limited, right? Mm-hmm. $10,000 an hour activities are massive strategic positioning, uh, offer decisions, leadership decisions. Sometimes it's who you hire, who you bring on as a partner. Um, it's your offer. If you craft an irresistible offer that goes at gangbusters, cool thing about business. You know, if I hit in, in baseball, I, I played college baseball. If I hit a grand slam, the most runs I can score is four. In business, if I hit a grand slam, I can score a thousand runs from that. Right yeah. now I might, you know, uh, craft an offer. This is where maturity comes into play too. I got to know that nine out of 10 offers are probably going to strike out or not do that great. Mm-hmm. But if I get to that 10th offer and I keep learning and, um, kicking butt, man, I could do, I could hit a, a massive home run and get that $10,000 an hour activity. So $10,000 an hour activities are usually longer term strategic elements than the, uh, the short-term ones. So I, I'm glad that I clarified that. So it's, it's nothing to do with how you, of course, it's great to increase your own value if you want to bring, you know, value to the world, but it is, I love that, uh, Bezos analogy, make, make one, two, whatever, however many super strategic decisions that will move the needle. And then the aggregate of that over five years, 10 years, um, well, it could be a hundred thousand dollar per hour activity yeah. at that point. Doesn't there's no limit. There's no limit on that. Yeah. And so let's let's think about it like this too. Um, I have friends that charge, you know, twenty five, fifty thousand dollars for a uh, speech. Mm-hmm. So what is you know, they they step on stage for an hour, that's twenty five thousand dollars an hour. But how did they get to that $25,000 an hour activity? Oh, they had to write a book or they had to do mm-hmm. these other business things. Now, writing a book, do they have to write every single word and design the cover and proofread and all that? No, they can outsource that to $20, $50, $100 an hour type team members. Mm-hmm. But then that book positions them to get a $25,000 an hour activity. Today's show is brought to you by 1Password. Now, listen, we all have that one friend who's constantly forgetting passwords and needing help to get into their accounts. I have a solution. It's called 1Password. 1Password is the award-winning password manager trusted by millions of users and companies like IBM and Slack to keep logins, credit cards, and other private info safe in an encrypted vault that only you can access. No more sticky notes with passwords or using the same password everywhere. I've been using 1Password for a year now and I can't recommend it enough. It saves me time from having to reset passwords and gives me peace of mind knowing my info is secure. With convenient features like automatic password generation and login autofill, 1Password takes the hassle out of passwords. You can use it on all your devices, iOS, Android, Mac, PC, everything syncs seamlessly. And with top-notch security audits and encryption, your data stays private. So do yourself a favor and check out 1Password today. Go to onepasswordcom Clary and get a two-week free trial. Let 1Password remember all of your logins for you so you can remember what really matters. That's onepasswordcom Clary for two weeks free. I want to take a second and thank Indeed. They're a huge sponsor of the Success Story podcast. And as business leaders, we're all driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. It's to match with Indeed. Now, if you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million 
global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. You need to ditch the busy work. You need to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster, all the tools you need are in one spot. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire you need indeed. Just a quick question. Have you ever had one of those oh no moments when you realize that you accidentally deleted a huge file or worse, your whole computer dies? I know I have. It's happened to me a lot, but don't sweat it. The sponsor of today's episode, Backblaze, they have your back. It is unlimited backups for all your Macs, your PCs, or even your whole company. And it's really affordable under a hundred bucks a year. If you're running a business, they take the stress out of protecting everyone's data. If you need more bells and whistles for compliance, so on and so forth, they have enterprise options too. Honestly, losing data sucks, but Backblaze makes getting it back easy. They have restored billions of files. They offer tons of restore options, including rapid recovery in an event of data loss or ransomware. And you can access your backed up data from everywhere and anywhere in the world using their web app, iOS, or Android apps. It's been recommended by the New York Times, Inc., Macworld, PC World, LifeWire, Wired, Tom's Guide, 9to5Mac, and tons more. And best, you can try it fully featured with no risk at backblaze.com slash story. They set up that link for all Success Story podcast listeners. That is a no-risk free trial at backblaze.com slash story. Seriously, back up your stuff. Understood. It makes sense. Um, if you, like, so uh, if you had, like, imparting words of wisdom, it could be from your book, because what I want to do, I want to do a couple of rapid fire at the end, just to pull out some insights. Yeah. And parting word, words of wisdom for young entrepreneurs uh, from your book or just, you know, from your life experience, what would those final thoughts be if somebody wants to start their own business, move, you know, upskill, new job, new promotion, just level up in life? Yeah. So in my book, Genius Within, I broke down a lot of these things that we've been talking about, including the $10,000 an hour activities. And, and when you have know your genius, where you're one of the best in the world at, like, man, I, I, you know, Michael Jordan putting his name on Jordan sneakers, that did really well. <laughs> it did, it didn't, do, didn't do bad at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing Jordan still because uh, his name, right? And the brand is great. So you figure out your zone of genius. You leverage your zone of genius. Be very, very intentional about it. Most of us are hap- Most of us don't have enough clarity about our zone of genius. That's why it's the first domino to fall. Mm-hmm. You got five C's, and the first C is clarity. If you get more clarity, guess what? You're going to show up with more confidence. If I show up with more confidence, guess what? I'm going to show up with also more courage. And because of the greater courage that I show up with, I'm also going to lead and and make decisions and act with greater conviction. And then when I have greater conviction, my commitment level is going to rise. But the first domino to fall, the first C, is clarity. That's why Socrates said, to know thyself is the beginning of all wisdom. To know thyself is the beginning of all wisdom. So, you want to be a great leader? You want to build a great business? Know yourself. 
Know yourself better than anyone else, because then you can put yourself in extraordinarily right positions. So, go back to another guy, one of the oldest guys I've ever talked to, but still bright and brilliant. D-Hawk. Do you know who D-Hawk is? I actually don't know. Who, uh, you mentioned a couple that I know. I know Drucker, but, but I don't know who D-Hawk is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, most people don't know him, but, <laughs> but most have used one of his products. Do you have a Visa card? I do. All right. So he's the creator of Visa. Really? Founder wow. of Visa. Yeah. So I talked to him last year. He was 98 years old at the time. He founded a little company called Visa, as in Visa credit cards. And um, after he retired and sold his equity in Visa, he started writing for Harvard and writing for all these other publications about leadership. And one of the things he found over and over and over again with the very best leaders in the world, they did something that ordinary leaders did not do, which was they focused more than 50% of their leadership energy on leading themselves. So we think of, oh, where's my best leadership energy? Leading others, leading up, leading down, leading sideways. Nope. Leading myself. Emotional leadership. Putting myself in emotional self-management. Studying myself. Putting myself in the right position. Leading my company in the right way. Having that self-reflective moments. That's what the best people in the world do. Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay. Wins the Super Bowl first year with no training camp. COVID, pandemic, mm-hmm. new team, new playbook, everything's going wrong. And they suffer. He he screws up a couple times in a public way and uh, can't get in sync, right? But then they have a bye week last year. The bye week, he gets everybody right. And he had enough determination, enough confidence, enough self-leadership that he's like, We'll figure this out, guys. We will. And they did. So self-leadership. Very good. Um, If people want to get more of this book, if they want to connect with you, where do they go? You can go to the Genius Within. It's geniuswithinbook.com. I've got a free copy there, guys. Just have to pay the shipping and handling. Or you can get it on Amazon. Uh, I will also have an Audible version very, very soon. Um, and then you can also get a six steps to finding your genius guide. Just text the word genius you to four, seven, four, seven, four, seven. And, uh, that's where, where we'll start. And of course on my Instagram, I have a link and all that jazz too. Okay, cool. Um, and most important question, are you doing your own audible? <laughs> I am. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Good. Well, because Good. most people want the author to actually read it. So that's, that's why I don't necessarily like to read <laughs> read it much but yeah um all right let's do a couple of rapid fire uh just to close the, to close this out so biggest challenge that you've had in your personal or professional life what was that how'd you overcome it shame shame of failure i'm a type three on the enneagram man when all that stuff hit in 2018 2019 dude i wanted to be the 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 dog with the tail between his legs the ostrich with the head in the sand. And I was at times. There was moments where I was just hiding. I wanted to hide. I was embarrassed. I was frustrated. I was sad. I was despairing. All the all the juicy stuff there. Um, but battling through that, that's where I, I went really deep on. I was like, I got to fill my tank. I got to fill my tank. And I know this is going to be a seed that, that becomes a setup. A setback that becomes a setup. A setback that prepares me for my comeback. Um, 
And so, but I had to really train myself and overcome those fears and traumas. And I also had to create an alter ego. Like I had, I called my, my shameful self weak ass Willie. And then I, I called my, my badass self magic Mike, because I had a client nickname me magic Mike, cause I was creating magic in her life. So I had to redo that whole identity. If you had to choose one person, although there's been many, but one person who's had the biggest impact on your life, who was that person? What did they teach you? Hmm. Living wise, I would say Tony Robbins. I mean, besides parents, of course, but Tony mm-hmm. Robbins, I spent 1447 hours with Tony going to his platinum partner his other mastermind experiences. The dude is a gym. I think he's a saint. He's a force for good. Um, no one more impactful in my opinion than Tony and in, inspiring and imprinting upon me belief. It's funny, you know, that program that you mentioned from Tony Robbins, everybody who, um, I can't remember the name of the program you just mentioned at the beginning, but everybody who I know, yes, Mm -hmm. anybody who's taken that program has said that's been the single most impactful, powerful thing they've ever done in their life. Like that's like what just like changed the course of their life. So something to be said for that. He's been doing this for a while too. So he's, yeah, yeah, he's been doing it for a minute. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your favorite source to learn or grow a book podcast, um, something you'd recommend that you, uh, that you like. Hmm. I love mastermind experiences are my favorite. That's why I host my own masterminds. I think there's nothing faster for growing because you grow in identity when you're around a, a select group of 15 to 20 other high achievers. Um, and you see that, Hey, I'm learning from them. I can do just as good as them, uh, but also the collaboration and the synergy. Um, it opens up your like your tribe. When your tribe lifts and rises, guess what? Your identity rises by default. I, I, one of the things I ask my mastermind members in my symposium mastermind, which is for the successful thought leader, what I ask is, hey, what does my environment have to look like for success as I define it to be inevitable? Because if you design your environment so that you're automatically going to rise, that you cannot sink, you'll eventually get to where you want to go. I love that. Very good. That's that's a good recommendation. No one's ever said that. They always mm. they always default to a book or podcast, which is not a bad thing. But yeah. I know people I host books and minds, podcasts but I, too. So yeah, yeah, I know, I know you do. I just I, I appreciate that. That's good. Um, if you could tell your twenty year old self one thing, what would it be? Invest in a mastermind, being a part of a high level mastermind sooner because, you know, I was reading books and doing seminars and online courses and all that. But it wasn't until I got real relationships and that my identity and my belief barriers were shattered. Like when I was in Tony Robbins, Platinum Partner, the first first two days I was there. I was like the youngest guy. I squeaked in on my credit cards. It's a hundred thousand dollar a year program. And I'm like, I don't belong here because of the guys, you know, second guy I had dinner with, he had just sold his business for $110 million. <laughs> and, and then, but by the end of that week and by the end of that first year, I was like, yeah, I do belong here. They're no smarter than me. I can figure this out. They just, they just used their genius to at a higher point of leverage. Can I, I, I don't I, I didn't want to go down this road too much, but I think it's important because you you mentioned masterminds twice, and I have one final question for you. Yeah. But I think for the mastermind point, 
Um, I see value in it. Obviously, with people that haven't gone into it yet, there's always apprehension towards pay to you know pay to play kind of uh, programs and whatnot. So, question is, how do you figure out what is actually going to help you versus what is smoke and mirrors and BS? Because I feel like there's too much of that out there. So, what what's your process for figuring out what's Tony Robbins is a big name. I mean, that's a big, but other other ones that aren't so big. Sure, I think I think you got to test. Uh, you know, know, hey, know the leader, uh, ideally, or or connect, do an interview with him. Just as they're interviewing you, you interview them. Uh, secondly, look at the real testimonials and real results. Um, uh, thirdly, um, do you resonate? Mm-hmm. Do their values intersect with yours? Do they seem like they are supportive and they believe in you? What's the risk factor as well? Do they have like a guarantee? Like I'll often add a guarantee. Um, I have a basic guarantee, but I'll add additional guarantees if if I feel like, hey, I can truly help this person, but they're they're on the fence and they just need a little extra risk removal. I'll take on the risk. You know, I'll say, hey, hey, if we go through this and you don't, you know, do X, Y, Z, like one of my favorite stories, Kristen Boss. She came to me. She was a hundred thousand dollar a year hairstylist in a tough, tough spot in her uh, life because she had all these home repairs. Her husband was in in between jobs and all that. But she's like, she actually had applied for my mastermind back in April, I think it was, and it's October. So she had had said, I can't afford it at the point. Well, I launched a low ticket, like twenty five hundred dollar program. She's like, Mike. I I can that that would take up like the last amount on my credit card. I was like, all right. She's like, um, I can't do it unless if you really think I will get results, I will do it. But you got to promise me that you'll get result that I'll get results. I was like, Kristen, you'll get results if you do the things we ask. But you got to do them. Like you can't just you know absorb knowledge. Um, and sure enough, she did them and she did them. And then some, like I said, Hey, you got to do 10 discovery calls with who you think your ideal client is. So you get intimacy with them and you get your 4% client. Well, she does the 25 discovery calls. That, that program is in October and November. It's a six week program by the end of it in December. She does $28,000 a year in her, f- her first full month. Or, uh, really, she was still her hair, hair salon. So it's, she's doing it 20 hours a week. Then January, February, same thing, 28, 25, 26,000, whatever. Uh, I think in March, she did 40,000 for the first time. June, she did 60. By the end of the year, she did over a million dollars. She tripled what I thought she could earn, actually. I was like, uh, I think you can do $360,000 because she in- ended up joining one of my masterminds, too. And and I had guaranteed her that I would initially, on that first investment, I said, hey, I'll give you your money back if you don't uh, get basically 10x return, yeah. but you have to do the exercises. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I'd say I bat about 75, 80%. I don't nail it for everyone. And, um, but sometimes there's some, um, you know, there's three seasons that many of us are in. We're either in the seed planting season, we're in a growth season, or we're in the harvest season. That massive external results come in the harvest season. Like she was in a growth season, but she was pretty close to a harvest season. I just need mm-hmm. to fine tune a few of the things that she needed an irresistible offer for her ideal client or zone of genius need to be dialed in, which we did um, all those things. 
Um, so that's that's my two cents. And, and I'd say also, it, don't operate from scarcity. I mean, 80% of the investments I've made in myself, I've invested over half a million dollars. They've paid off, 80% of them. But that's still 20% hasn't paid off. But that's still a learning lesson. And mm-hmm. um, and so that's my two cents is like, man, uh, the wealthy have a different embrace of failure and mistakes. They don't see like Sarah Blakely's dad used to ask her um, when she was a kid. Hey, what did you fail at today? She had a different interpretation of failure. Mm-hmm. So go for it. I think in life, more often than not, our biggest mistakes are not going for it. Agreed. Agreed. Good. Um, and last question, uh, what does success mean to you? Being aligned to my purpose, impacting and serving and unleashing people's God-given potential, and going for it, not playing small, like playing full out. 